and good afternoon. Welcome to the Bridget Bartley Show. Today we have Ted Faton, which I am so excited he is here with us. Um, before we get started, I wanted to give a thank you to Old Grit Pastries for sponsoring today's show. Old Grit Pastries is located at 716 South Main Street in Greenville. They just opened about a month ago, but it's European Pastries, locally roasted coffee, breakfast, lunch. They have wine as well, and they also have catering. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you stop in and say hello to Bobby. But I want to welcome Ted from Fox News hey. on today's. But Fox <laughs> is not his only his only title, and we're going to get into that. But he is an anchor meteorologist for Fox Carolina, based in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, co-anchors the morning um, newscast. He's also the host of No Rain, No Rainbows podcast, which oh, yeah. I can't wait to dive into that. <laughs> And also the founder of Modern Man. And like me, he's foodie, he's into fitness, he loves the outdoors and all of that. So, Ted, welcome to the show. Bridget, thank you for having me. Because this is technically, because you're on air at what, 4.30 or you have to be at work at 4.30? Uh, on air at 4.30, that's when we start. Okay, so <laughs> what time do you wake up? 2.20. The alarm goes off at 2.20 and that's unnegotiable. No snooze button, 2.20, I'm up. So, is this lunch for you? Like we're in the daytime typically. Um, usually this is dinner. Okay. <laughs> this okay. is towards like the end of the day, but uh, that's based on my schedule. The way I handle my day, this is pretty much lunchtime still because I kind of, I have an active lifestyle, as you mentioned. It's kind of hard to believe I do those things, <laughs> but uh, they keep me busy and they keep my schedule full. Yeah. And that's some of the because not only are you with Fox Carolina, but you've got the podcast and the modern man. And then I know tomorrow night you're emceeing at a gala. So you definitely juggle yeah. a lot on top of your relationship, on top of the social life. You do stuff for GVL Hustle. So you definitely manage a lot. Um, so one thing that we've had a lot of people curious about is how you ended up in Greenville, but also how you became interested in the weather. Okay. <laughs> so I actually... I told that story this morning at Generation Kids Strong to a group of kids about uh, my first memory of weather was when I was really little. Um, it was 1993. I think I was six years old. It was a huge snowstorm. School day. I'm helping my dad shovel. And the wind's blowing. I open the face of the shovel to the wind, and it just picks me up and throws me. And I thought it was a good time. My dad was scared. My mom was freaking out, like, come inside and <laughs> don't go outside anymore. But you know, that always stuck with me. And I think that's like my first memory of, of weather. It's one of my earliest memories. And it really didn't bite me again till college when after my first year of college, I was studying computer science. I was finding out the hard way it wasn't for me. So it was a perfect storm of not into what I was studying, joining a fraternity. Um, the chains are off. So end of my freshman year of college, I had a 1.9 GPA <laughs> and I'm on academic probation, not sure what I'm going to do. I'm on vacation with friends and I see a bird dive into the ocean and I'm just talking to my friends about the tide and, and all this stuff. And my friend just looks at me and drinks might've been involved here, <laughs> but he just looks at me and he's just like, how do you know all this stuff? And I just told him, I said, Hey, um, it always interested me. Mm -hmm. And he said, we had a great meteorology program and I made my decision then and there. I was like, well, when I go home, I'm canceling my whole syllabus for my sophomore year. I'm signing up for weather classes and that's what I'm going to do. So I declared my broadcast meteorology major and three years later graduated with a degree. That's awesome. And now you are officially certified through the National Weather Association. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And so 
Do people ever come up to you in public and blame you for the weather? All the time. <laughs> All the time. If, if the weather's bad, they'll, they'll kind of give me give me a look. And they say, oh, Ted, really? When's the sun going to come out? And I always laugh. It's, it's like, uh, if you're going to praise or if you're going to blame me for the bad, you know, I'd like some praise for the good. Right. And I used to always say, you know, I'm always on the losing battle because, you know, they'll be like, oh, thank God for this beautiful day. But if it's bad, it's like, oh. Why is it raining, Ted? Right. So I'm like, come yeah. on, man. Give me give me some good, too. I know. I've wondered how many people. And then there's people. So one of the questions that we had from um, somebody, we, we had actually several questions coming in, but one in specifically was, um, why is our air quality been terrible the past few days in Simpsonville? Yeah. And it's been at 100 at 119. And we were talking about that before. You totally knew what that meant. Yeah. So a lot of times they talk about ground level ozone, which for for those watching or listening, and if it's going over your head, let me break it down for you. Um, ozone, it's O3, and that's it's dangerous to breathe a lot of that in. And that happens usually in the morning when you have really hot temperatures mixed with a lot of NOx emissions. And NOx emissions, that's a fancy way of saying the smoke that comes out of your tailpipe from your car. So 7.30 in the morning every day, I-85 backs up because of all the traffic. You have a lot of cars out on the road, so you have a lot of that smoke coming out of the car. You mix that with a hot summer day when the sun is beating down and temperatures are kind of ramping up into the upper 70s and 80s. What happens is a chemical reaction where you have ground-level ozone. That becomes dangerous to breathe in, so that's when they'll put it out in air quality. So as you know, past couple of days, it's been pretty hot in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of say that's probably the reasoning behind it. There you have it. <laughs> There's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, that's just interesting. So mm -hmm. you've transitioned, but you're doing the, the anchor position now. You're yeah. not really doing the weather anymore. Because the other morning when I watched, I don't, just to be honest, I don't watch the news. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just one of those people. I don't. I don't even watch the news. Um, and it's just. It's honestly just a time thing. But I watched the other morning, and I did notice that you were just doing the anchor position. So mm -hmm. you're not even doing the meteorology or the weather anymore. Yeah, not so much. Um, I've still done it here and there. Um, this past May, I actually was back in the weather center forecasting and, and delivering the forecast. Last year for Hurricane Florence, I was in Myrtle Beach and Muriel's Inlet and covered the storm, uh, covered it live, which I actually really enjoyed doing I was going to ask if you were like a storm chaser. Is I, that, I do Do you love the adrenaline that. off that? You're one of those that stand yeah. by the winds blowing like 50 miles an hour. and There's something about it. I, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. I think I like... I, I kind of, I've learned to embrace uncertainty mm -hmm. and those are the times where, you know, I've met, to, I've gotten to meet people that were, that were in it and actually help. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to hear their stories firsthand and share it, but I've also gotten to see something I spent four years studying, something I've, I've kind of read about. And when you see it in person, quite frankly, the pictures don't always do it justice. Right. And to be there and experience it, it's. I don't want to say it's something exciting because, you know, lives are at risk here, but it's something that, you know, it, it piques my nerves and makes me feel alive when I do it. So I've always enjoyed covering uh, hurricanes specifically the past five, six years. I've been in Greenville, South Carolina, every major storm named storm that affected the South Carolina coast, the East Coast, I was lucky enough to cover. So, and that was actually another question from somebody off social media. What's the hurricane season? What does the hurricane season look like this year? Yeah, can you even project that? <laughs> so, the we, you can predict the likelihood of a hurricane season being above or below normal, and 
this is coming from a spot of, I don't want to say a spot of ignorance because I still know mm -hmm. the, the weather that hasn't left me, but it's also something that has to be monitored, paid attention to. And I'm not well read currently on what the current hurricane season mm -hmm. is. And, but what we pretty much look at be, between the National Hurricane Center, um, between our meteorologists, we look at patterns and there's a lot of science and different ripple effects that can affect a hurricane season. And whether it's El Nino, La Nina year, um, whether we're seeing a wetter or drier than normal pattern, that's going to kind of gauge if we're going to see above or below normal hurricane season. I can say that in recent years we've seen, and I'm pretty sure many would agree, we've seen a lot more impactful hurricanes mm -hmm. than in the years prior. Uh, I'm not going to speculate as to where that came from, but I think what we are seeing, I think we're already on uh, Flossie, which is F in the alphabet, and the hurricane names, they go in order. So we're already on F. So we've been seeing a pretty active season so far. We always say it only takes one. It only takes one major hurricane mm -hmm. to impact the coast to have a significant impact on the country. So regardless if it's above or below, just pay attention and mm -hmm. you can expect the hurricane season to peak around August into October. Right, right. Well, thank you for that too. <laughs> yeah. And so going into being an anchor, because we were talking about this before we got started, which you were telling a secret and you don't know my secret, but we'll share secrets. Yeah. Where I was saying to me, this position is easier versus reading off of a screen. Mm -hmm. Because for me to process the words and to read and to me, this is like more in flow to just have a talk show or just to talk more fluently. Yeah. And you were like, well, you don't know my secret. Yeah. That's so, like one of my challenges. Yeah. Um, my secret was I was that kid in high school. I don't know if anyone could relate when you had to read out loud in class and, you know, each student takes a paragraph. I was a student that would count heads and pre-read my paragraph. And I would read that thing three or four times so I could memorize it because I was terrified of reading out loud. And then you always had a, a student in the class that was an overachiever would read two paragraphs and that would throw me off and I'd freak out like, oh no. But <laughs> reading out loud scared me. And when an opportunity to be in Morning Anchor came up, the first thing I thought was, I have to read prompter. Like I have to read out loud every day in front of people. So it really scared me. And because it scared me, I kind of felt inclined to say yes. And uh, that's been two and a half, almost three years ago. And where I am now, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, to start, it was a little rocky because not only are you reading out loud, now you're reading words that are moving. Mm -hmm. And um, and you're live. And you're live. So there's no <laughs> going back. There's there's no taking back what you said. And you can pre-read the scripts. You could read them ahead of time. But then you have breaking news situations sometimes where we call it cold reading. Mm -hmm. The first time you see the script is when you're on air. And, um, you know, that's when the, the sweat glands really used to open up um, and they, they still do. But now I think I've gotten a confidence about it. I've I've um, I've become a very avid reader. Like I'll I read in my free time. I read books that I'm interested in and I'm always reading. And that's helped me mm -hmm. uh, with my on air delivery and it's helped me gain comfort. So it was a fear that I had to overcome. And I think it's still a fear I have to this day. But I kind of just I keep doing it to get better. That's so interesting. So similar to that, um, when I was in, 
it was middle school and high school, reading comprehension was always a challenge for me. So mm-hmm. I always tested very poorly on the standardized test. So I was that kid. Mm-hmm. You were talking about you were that kid. I was that kid that was pulled out of her classes while all my friends were in AP English. Yeah. I was in the other building in remedial English because mm-hmm. of the reading and the comprehension. And then I had a speech impediment too, which probably was connected to the reading comprehension. Mm-hmm. So then to fast forward 25, 30 years later that now I have a microphone, like it's still, yeah, you know, you know, there's like some fear with it, but that's in turn, you know, we take those steps to overcome those fears. That's originally why I started doing like Facebook lives and Insta stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to help overcome that fear. So Keep that's interesting. exposing yourself to it, right? And absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Seuss, all the places you will go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Well, and that goes into with what you're doing with the podcast, which, you know, I've told you this numerous times, which so much admiration I have for you. When I first met you was at Thank the GVL you. Hustle. But, um, and I kept saying, I was telling my friend Logan, I said, he looks so familiar. And I asked her like five times, she's like, well, you know, he's on the news. I'm like, that's. Where I know I'm from, I think I've seen you like on billboards and advertisements <laughs> and stuff. But um, but to hear you speak and you had such a positive energy about yourself. And then I heard what you were doing with the podcast and Modern Man and just have so much respect for you with how you're using your your voice, your voice from the community, the respect that you've earned in the community. And you're using that to better mankind, basically worldwide, because your podcast, the No Rain, No Rainbows, um, you talk about when I was looking at it like from fitness to marriage, relationships, mm-hmm. health, business, like Life. everything. Yeah, you talk <laughs> about everything. So what what prompted you to start that? Yeah, well, thank you for those kind words. Um, it's really humbling. And, you know, I do hope to have an impact, a positive impact. And I think what kind of pushed me to start that was uh, we just talked about, you know, working with Fox Carolina and moving over into the anchoring role. I got to a spot in my life kind of looking around. I never saw myself being, you know, and that was kind of a a wake up call for Mm -hmm. me. It's like, okay, I don't want to say I stumbled to where I am because it took work, but I think I was just working and I was just following the path in front of me. And when I stopped and smelled the roses and saw where I was, I was surprised with the progress I made. And that also kind of was the start of my reflection, the things I've been through, the things I got through, which I could touch on really quick. But I think I I saw where I was and how I got there and what I went through. And I wanted to share that story. And I wanted to find out other people's story because I don't know anyone that's successful that hasn't gone through hard times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think we all have that in common. We all have our own different struggles. And my struggle looks different than yours. But, you know, I think what I... I'm skilled at is resonating with other people and accepting them for who they are, mm-hmm. knowing that they've had a struggle. And um, if you want to want me to share mine. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love. And I call <laughs> this the story behind the glory, because um, one of the things that I, you know, tell people is facts, sell story or facts, tell story, sell. Yeah. And yeah, I'd love to hear more about that yeah. story. So for me, um, it started after I graduated and I was working at a law firm. And like I said, I graduated with broadcast meteorology. I was ready to be a weatherman. That wasn't in the cards. The jobs weren't available. Um, I worked at a law firm in a cubicle. wasn't for me. And I kind of spiraled into a dark place. And um, on top of that, I started having stomach issues, ended up getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which without spare, with, you know, sparing the viewers the the gruesome details. It just, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I was at one point in a hospital bed and the surgeon was telling me, uh, they're going to do a CAT scan. If they don't like what they see, 
they're taking me to Mount Sinai in New York City and they're going to take my large intestine out. Well, I'm 23 years old at this time. And, you know, that's earth shattering for a 23 year old to hear. And a lot of the doctors say, you know, well, what's your, what's your stress level like? Well, my stress level's pretty high at work. You know, what's your diet like? Well, my diet's pretty bad because, you know, I'm semi-depressed. I don't like what I'm doing. And I'm eating 20-piece chicken nuggets from McDonald's and a large fry and a sweet tea like two, three times a week. Like I was in a very bad mental place, which led to a very bad health place. Mm -hmm. And in the hospital, there was no one to blame but me. So coming out of the hospital, I had to change my mindset. I changed my energy. I changed um, my positivity. I fully embraced the, the job that I was at. And a year in a year's time, I got a job in Saginaw, Michigan to be a weatherman. And I moved out there and I completely changed my life in those 12 months. And while I'm shopping to furnish my new apartment and be a weatherman, I'm so excited. And I'm like, this is my dream job that I'm finally making it. We're in a thrift store buying some things to guess, I guess, you know, put around my apartment. And I see this little wooden plaque. It's almost like it was hidden, but it was just sitting there. It just spoke to me. And it said one phrase. It's a little wooden pack plaque painted on it said no rain no rainbows and that hit me and to this day it hangs up in my office and I feel like I'm getting a little emotional right now but it's just like that summed up everything I just went through in those four words no rain no rainbows and from that that point on it's been my life mantra it's been what I believe and like I said it's in my office still and that's kind of what I live by to this day um so I and I love I thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. um Rainbows have always been my sign from God where, you know, you're like, okay, like, where are you? What's going on? But then I would always see a rainbow and then I'd see a double rainbow. And Mm -hmm. I've never heard that exact phrase, but then it would always be relevant to, okay, you've got to go through the storm to get the rainbow. Yeah. Um, And to know that there's a rainbow at the end. Um, That's cool that you still have that plaque in your office. Oh, yeah. And I I plan on keeping it for a very long time. And I mean, it's just something that stays with me because I just come out of the storm mm-hmm. um just came out of a very dark place and it wasn't the end of my storms but it was it was kind of like the validation where you know you go through the rain but there's a rainbow at the end of the storm mm-hmm. and it makes the storm it doesn't make it any less severe if you would to kind of use the weather terms mm-hmm. but you know it it's kind of like saying you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel there's a reason for your pain and when you get there it's all going to be worth it because I mean, just working in the news business, whenever we have these big storms that, mm-hmm. that hit and we're, we're wall to wall and we're covering it and we're, we're covering all the storm reports, what we also get is a lot of inboxes, a lot of people emailing the station pictures of rainbows in their backyard um, while they're driving home. And it, it hits people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just a, it's something that speaks into what we experience in the real world. And so I love how you channel the podcast because you're basically sharing other people's stories. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the things for me why I decided to start speaking out more with my story years ago is because because I heard another lady's story. It inspired me to, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Like we, we were very similar with our backgrounds, with our nationalities, with business, like everything. And I thought, well, if she can do it, I could do it. And then I thought, well, because she shared her story, I'm where I am. So I felt an obligation to share mine and speak out more and live a little bit more out loud and now sharing other people's stories, too, because it's definitely relatable. Because I think people or do you feel like people look at you and think like you just have this perfect life on camera (laughs) 
You've got like this great figure, you know, beautiful girlfriend, like lovely city. Well, the biggest thing I think I realized lately is we admire other people. We Mm -hmm. admire other people's lives because we don't see, you know, what's, what's backstage. Uh, You know, I, if you watch Broadway, anybody that loves Broadway or even anybody that watches our newscast, um, you see what the cameras want you to see. You see what's on stage, but you don't see what's behind stage left. You mm-hmm. don't see the ropes and the pulleys and the gears that are by, back there to kind of make the production go. And I think it's easy for us to admire the show and forget what's going into making it work. We forget um, we forget the difficult times. Right. Because we like to focus on what's good. Mm-hmm. Our lives are hard enough, right? I have enough issues and and problems, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. But when I go out in the real world and I see other people, I want to see their success because I want, I'm trying to get away Mm -hmm. from my pain. Right. So I think we compare other people's success to our pain and that almost paints a false picture because by no means is my life perfect and by no means is, is it easy. And if it looks that way, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make it look that way. <laughs> well, it's kind of how social media is. I mean, it's a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we there's people out there that keep it raw and real and vulnerable and authentic. And, and you're definitely one of them. Um, I did a post uh, last week and it was talking about um, Howard Schultz with Starbucks mm-hmm. and Walt Disney and um, Harry Potter. And it was basically saying, if you feel like you're at the end and you're exhausted when I give up, then something new is about to come. And you made the per- most perfect comment. And I was like, how perfect from a meteorologist <laughs> to say it. But you said, you know, it's like the smell of the rain before you feel the first drop. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember that post. And I do. <laughs> it's just, I was like, that's so true. Because when storms come, which by the way, I'm scared of thunderstorms still this day, they freak <laughs> <Justice> me out <laughs> because it, they're so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And that's where it just scares me. Yeah. I'm kind of a control person. So because they're so unpredictable and the loud thunder, even though thunder, what, isn't it just like caught in cold air? Yeah, well, it's it's and pretty it much just, the sound of lightning. It scares me. <laughs> it scares me. <laughs> but it, but I love the smell of it. Mm-hmm. And when you gave that analogy, I'm like, that's so true. Because I know that, you know, we have, you know, you're in your business and we've got like the podcast and, you know, Jess, Jess is in her business and stuff. But we work and work and we work and sometimes it's like, when is the fruit going to mm-hmm. start to ripen? Yeah. And then when you said that, and I was like, oh, that's so true. Yeah. So true. You almost sense it, right? Right. And I think, and and I see what you do with your social media, which which I love is, you know, I could sense the authentic you. And I'm the kind of person where if you look at my social media, yeah, there's a lot of photo shoots and professionally taken pictures. And those pictures sit in my phone. And I was telling somebody, I'll look at the picture. If something's weighing on me, and I have something to say mm-hmm. that's of value, I'll post it. And, you know, to that point, I posted something about patience because that's something I'm going through right now is working on my patience. And I post that up, the smell of of the of the rain before it actually falls. It's, I mean, I'm sure you could sense a lot of weather analogies there. I mean, you could take me out of the weather totally. center, but the weather's still in the boy. But I think we're all working towards something. I think a lot of us, a lot of people... We're on this planet. We don't necessarily know why, but we want something. We want purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And we're looking for validation. We're looking for comfort. And you can almost feel when it's coming. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing and the ironic thing is it's when I put myself in the most uncomfortable and uncertain situations that I start feeling the comfort come. Right. 
So I don't know if that makes sense. Complete but. sense. I can completely resonate with it. But and I think sometimes too, people are looking. I mean, because I'm guilty of this, where we're looking for permission to mm-hmm. say it's okay to do this. It's okay if it's outside the box, or it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Like if that, if you feel led to do it, then then absolutely do it. So how can people find the the podcast? Where do you so, have that? Yeah. The podcast is No Rain No Rainbows. It's on it's on iTunes. It's on um. It's on Spotify. Um, it's also on Google, Google Music. And it's it's no rain, three periods, no rainbows. But if you just type it, it should pop up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then how often do you have episodes come out? Uh, once a week. Okay. And they come out on Wednesdays. So I'll be working on getting a podcast up today. Nice. And um, they've, they've been good. They've been really good. It's been a journey. I think I've learned a lot from the guests that I've had on the show. Um, definitely got to give Andre Suttles a shout out because the podcast is not possible without his help. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that I jumped into. And this is, if I could share this, it's it's something that I jumped into before I was ready. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you have to do it. Right. I think I told Charles one day, I've sat on the idea for a podcast for over a year. And I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to record it on my phone. And that's what's going to happen. And it's almost like the universe waits for you to take initiative to give mm-hmm. you what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. But Charles says, no, um, this guy, Andre just DM'd me. He does videography and he's looking to connect. So I'll put you guys in touch. So then Andre comes in touch and my friend, Matt Snipe says, Hey, you could use my podcast equipment to get yourself off the ground. And we were able to record our first podcast with some professional microphones and some nice cameras and have a viable product nice. to start. And, it kind of took me taking the jump like, hey, I'm going to record this on my phone for kind of everything mm-hmm. to kind of fall into place. So the universe just was waiting for me to tell them, yeah, I want this. Just just, just to be like, to be in receiving mode. Exactly. To even receive it. Yeah, I've seen some of Andre's work. You have, I think, is it, I think it's on your page or maybe I saw him. Did he just do a video on your page that you posted on your page? He might have. He's, he's been doing a lot Okay, yeah, because I was looking... Um, I've seen his stuff before. He is he is good. Yeah, Definitely he's talented good. and he's hungry too, which I love. <laughs> I mean, but so I was talking to one of my friends in LA yesterday, and he, so he does a podcast, and he and his wife are network marketing. They do a lot of online marketing, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have this too, where there's like this certain genetic or DNA in some of us to where we're always hungry. Mm-hmm. Brendan Burchard talks about that with he has a book, um, High Performance Indicator, and he talks about high performers. And it's it's not like we don't do it for recognition, for materialism, mm-hmm. but you just know that there's more. Yeah. You know, you feel that, right? <laughs> like you just you just like you're hungry because, you know, there's more people. Mm-hmm. There's better ways to do it. The opportunity. I think I just, you know, I'm yeah, I'm here to live life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's out there. And I'm here to experience it. And, you know, one of my problems is I say yes to so many things. Mm-hmm. Guilty. And I put so much on my plate. And that has led me to all the things I'm doing now. And I've had to consciously slow down because mm-hmm. if somebody were to call me now and they're like, hey, Ted, do you want to try out this this new thing? Or my friend got a piano. He's like, hey, do you want to learn piano? Yes, I want to learn piano. I want to learn Spanish. I also want to learn Mandarin. <laughs> I, I want to do all these things that I don't think there's enough time to do. But right. someone's like, you're always busy. You're always hungry. And I think it's just there's so many things I want to experience. I say yes to so many things because, you know, I don't want to live with the regret of not doing it. Right. I've been skydiving twice and I recommend it to anybody to at least go once because, you know, at the end of the day, 
you'd rather say that you've tried it and you've done it and didn't like it mm-hmm. than not do it at all. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm all about experience. Mm-hmm. I want the experience. But you're such a giver because even, you know, with you at um, GBL Hustle with, you know, the event you're doing tomorrow night. Oh, by the way, you were in Talk Magazine's Top yes. 10 Stylist <laughs> talking about tomorrow night. Yeah. Massive congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think everyone's seen my whole closet already, so I don't have anything else to, to show. But that's so cool. But, yeah. That's so cool. It was an honor. It was an honor. I, I think um, I've been lucky enough to have friends like Charles. He keeps my fashion sense on point. He's the he's the kind of person that I'll, <laughs> don't laugh, I'll send him a picture. If we're going out <laughs> to an event, I'll send him a picture. I'm like, hey, man, what do you think? He's like, um, switch those shoes. I was like, all right, I got you. What do you wear? So and guys do that? Yeah. Girls, I, you know girls do it. I, I'll, I'll say a disclaimer. When I say guys will do it, um, I'm not speaking for all men here. Me and Charles <laughs> might be in uh, the minority of men that do it, but we care about how we look and we want to look good. Mm-hmm. And um, Charles quotes Tom Ford. So to, Char- to quote Charles quoting Tom Ford, you know, y- your style and your fashion is, is, a, is a form of manners. So you know, being being here on the show, I could have came with with a hat disheveled with my gym clothes on. I was wearing my gym clothes before this, but I wanted to change, wear a tie and, and look presentable because I want to be respectful of your show, respectful of your time. And when you dress nice, I think that resonates with other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's true. That, that's, that's a great observation. Another thing, too, I feel like as we dress we also feel better yeah. about ourselves oh, too. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I could wear, I think probably for about the last six days, I've had no makeup and just worn gym clothes and beach clothes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, and, and luckily my business allows me to do that. But then there's sometimes I just want to dress up in respect for you, obviously being here yeah. today in respect for you, but then also just to walk downtown Greenville in a yeah. dress and heels because I can. Yeah. I mean, just you think because about like it, it just makes you feel good. As kids, true. how often would we play dress, dress up, up right? you know, and, and, the, and the boys do it too. They would probably, I mean, as a kid, I would dress up as a football player and I'd pretend like I'm, I'm the football player wearing my pads and stuff. And, you know, we have a sense of fantasy mm-hmm. when we dress up. Right. And, you know, even if you're, going out for a night fellas you know here's a here's a tip for the fellas take your woman's favorite dress put it on the bed leave a card and say i'm picking you up at five we're going out to dinner and you wear a suit you guys will have an amazing night and you'll feel like a million bucks and the suit doesn't change who you are but it's just Mm -hmm. you get to play pretend for a night yeah and if fellas if you do follow through with that please <laughs> let me know how it goes <laughs> well and two for the men to take initiative that yeah. means a lot for the man to just say okay this is what we're doing this is where we're going this is what time we're leaving mm-hmm. so that i yeah oh yeah all right men <laughs> take note okay so going into modern man so you created the podcast mm-hmm. which now let so the podcast is available nationally anybody can plug into that modern man is that just a local event um that's available nationally also oh Um, okay cool so the modern man is actually uh, a sub-series of the podcast so if you subscribe to no rain no rainbows um every new modern man will be one of the weekly episodes it's also on youtube no rain no rainbows and um we just made the modern man youtube space for it too the web space is coming out soon also and uh, that lives on multiple platforms. Tyler Harris shares a lot of the Modern Man uh, content on his page as well. He's one of the panelists that I've had. He's also the co-founder. And um, that's just been kind of um, a purpose and a mission that's really starting to take shape here in, in 
in the past year or so. Yeah. So the panelists that you have that I've seen, I think it's like four or five other guys. They're all like CEOs, founders. Yeah. I mean, they're prominent people. Yeah. Um, very like-minded like you, wanting to make a difference, wanting to share their story. And speaking of Tyler, I mean, you know, he has shared very vulnerably on his social media, which mm-hmm. I have so admired because a lot of men don't speak the mm-hmm. way you guys speak to yeah. say, listen, this is what I struggle with and this is how I overcame it. And I think sometimes maybe as men, you guys have this responsibility to feel like you have to carry everything and mm-hmm. not really show your weaknesses. And is that where modern man comes in is just to really give men a safe space to say? Yeah, I think so. It's interesting for me, modern man. I think men need a network, right? Um, it's funny because we we talk a, a lot about emotion and vulnerability, but really the the focus of modern man is strength and masculinity, being men. And I think in order for men to be the best selves, you know, they can't hold it all themselves. You know, they need a network. They need a village. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading a few books, and a few books that kind of like sparked it in me was No More Mister Nice Guy. I think it was Doctor Glover's book, and another book uh, by Lewis Howes, Mask of Masculinity. And some of those books kind they mention how if you research a married man, more often than not, he doesn't have a network of friends for mm-hmm. emotional support, while the wife would have a network of friends. And you couple that with, especially with a lot of us paying attention to mental health these years, uh, in recent years. And in 2017, suicide, 83% accounted for white males. And uh, when it comes to suicide, males compared to females, males commit suicide 3.3 times more often. So for me, those numbers kind of speak for themselves. Okay, so the men don't have emotional support groups and they're suffering from this more and it's not to compare men and women. Right. It's just to say, I saw something that resonated with me and I decided to try and pay attention to that. And I've been lucky enough to have men role models in my life. And I've always had kind of men groups from football in high school and, and a fraternity in college. And I'm not going to say all men groups are good, but just by having a group mm-hmm. of men around me, I've been able to grow to where I am now. So I wanted to kind of f- facilitate that in the real world because, yes, you have sports and you have fraternities in mm-hmm. college, but in the real world, what do you have? What men group do you have where our focus and the focus I'm hoping with the modern man is going to be growth? How can we uh, facilitate growth and help you be the best man you can be and have you focused on strength and bettering yourself? So when emotional times come, you've already dug the well before you got thirsty and your support group is there. You've built the trust with men. So when things get hard, you could share it with them. And I think that can kind of battle the taboo of mm-hmm. men seeking for help. They could start by seeking for growth. Right. And the thing that I like about that, because being so much on social media over the last several years, you're actually doing live events. So it's human interaction, mm-hmm. human connections, which I feel like that's what a lot of people are going back to, like the networking events, the human interaction, the relationships. Um I know for me, for years, I lived behind a computer because yeah. for me, it was safe. It was my safe space. It was, you know, I could message with people, chat with people and do a Facebook Live or a video conference. And that was good. Mm-hmm. But um, over the last year, year and a half, getting out in human interaction, that was like a game changer for me. It was actually a year ago today that I started getting out. And I remember that because it was the um, the talk magazine, the top 10 stylish. Nice. 
Yeah. And that, that's where I met Megan Hines. And well, she was Garner at the time, but that's where I met Megan. I had just met Logan mm-hmm. and have met some of my closest friends through those events. Yeah. But yeah, the human interaction. But with the modern man, you do regular events on that, correct? Yeah. So okay. we're the plan is going to, going to be quarterly live events. And that came about because we've been doing the pre-recorded. They're about 45-minute long shows. And those were being done for about about a year or so we've had like one a month that we've done and pretty much the problem that we kind of pointed out was you know men need space to be with other men and mm-hmm. and grow and then we kind of looked at each other and he said why not just talk why why are we just talking about the problem why don't we be part of the solution and create that space which is okay invite men to see the recording live and then afterwards have a reception where men can connect and hopefully build uh, a relationship and we also have an online space with a facebook group a closed facebook group nice. for men to kind of connect and just to you know give credit to the panelists out there tim pecoraro jonathan parker tyler harris charles russ and really andre and, and everybody around it behind the scenes um they've really believed in it and they've kind of really kind of jumped in head first mm-hmm. donating their time and their skills their knowledge and their trust to help build this community and get it going. So I think we're planning on doing live events quarterly and have people come out, see the topic live. And also, um, I'm not sure if you saw our first live event, they have, we have a microphone up for people to come up and share. So it's, it's not something where we're not five guys that have it figured out. I think that's the beauty of the modern man is Mm -hmm. like, we don't know what it is to be a man. That's the first thing we decided is like, we don't know what it means to be a man, but we do know that it's something we should explore. And the journey is the destination. As long as we try to be better men, mm-hmm. one day we might stumble on what it means to be a man, but we'll, we'll keep trying until then. So we want to hear from the other people on the problems they're having because they're probably just like ours. And we also want to hear their thoughts on being a modern man too, because I think, everybody's opinion and thoughts on it is valuable. And I'd love to take all of that and then kind of build our own personal avatar of what we think a man should be. Yeah, I think, and I don't, I could even see that going into like other cities. Uh, yeah, even I Surrounding so. cities, you know, Charlotte, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that happening. Um, so what do you think is, or what are you finding as the most common challenge men are facing? Um, articulating. Or is there one? I think articulating, um, our feelings. And it's something I have an issue with. First and foremost, I think we've been harping on emotion a lot because, you know, men, we're, we are, we're raised kind of emotionally illiterate. Um, you know, hey, man up or, you know, boys don't cry, things like that. And I think articulating our feelings has been one thing we've kind of focused on. And, and when I say articulating it is, I'm not talking about you know, saying, oh, I'm not okay and crying and things like that. I'm thinking of like understanding the difference between being disappointed or being angry, being jealous, being frustrated, mm-hmm. being overwhelmed, kind of knowing what the source of your emotions are. Um, one example I can say is, you know, with me and Jess, there was a time where I was really overwhelmed at work and uh, we were texting and I, and I could sense myself getting short. So I told her, I said, listen, I'm really overwhelmed right now with everything that's going on. If I'm short with you, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I think I'm just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So being able to articulate that beforehand prevents an argument, prevents a fight, which would react in me getting defensive. Right. And nobody wants to go down that rabbit hole. So being able to articulate before um, 
you get to a turning point, I think is, is something big men can, can uh, benefit from. That's good. That's, and that's also good um, words of wisdom too, to mm-hmm. like identify it before it even happens. Like you yeah. recognize you're overwhelmed. Okay. I'm being short. Let her know mm-hmm. to prevent. So that's, Smart. Yeah. I wondered because, you know, I have three boys, three teenage boys, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that I really try to instill with them is expressing your emotions, really communicating, mm-hmm. you know, pulling out that kind of like that feminine side of them to let them know it's okay to feel this way, talk about it. And I'm constantly, and I notice like with boys, I mean, it's just, do you have a good day at school? Yes. What'd you do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And so, but I know that's me too, not asking open-ended questions, Sure. but, you know, just keeping that communication open. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And most, uh, and I'll be honest, most boys, I mean, that's all we have to say about it. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> I know. How was your day? It was good. And, uh, you know, I had to work on that. Like, honestly, if, how was my day? It was good good. I don't have much more to say about it. It I was know. work. I don't want to give the details. I think that's just some men. You know, some it, yeah. Men, well, we just want to be like, yep, it was good. If it was bad, I would have told you. If it was bad, I fixed it. <laughs> and so, you know, I've learned to ask different questions, like, did anything exciting happen today? Or yeah. what was your favorite part about today? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just to make it more. But then sometimes, too, they just want to just, they're happy to be out of school. They just want to sit in the car. Yeah. And I'd say the second thing, which big for men, um, and just everybody, but uh, take responsibility and just own your your surroundings, your world. And when I hear the term man up, I don't want it to mean like, you know, you got to be tough and, and all that. I want man up to mean that, you know, you're a leader of your world. You are a leader of what's around you and you have to lead your life, take control of of what you want, decide the things you like, the things you don't like, and then be firm with what your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. And and you know, don't be afraid to live the life and the path that you lay out for yourself because not everybody's going to agree with it. But I think part of being a man is blazing that path. And as long as you have a genuine good heart, you care about others, I think you're, you'll mm-hmm. be okay. Yeah. And so how can people tune into that event? Because I'm mm-hmm. sure people, even if they have to make travel, you already have the date set for the next Modern Man. Yes. October 6th is going to be the next Modern Man. It's a Sunday and the event's from four to seven. And um, we'll have the, the details coming up in about a week, in a awesome. week's time. And um, that'll be on Eventbrite and whatnot. And as of right now, um, <laughs> it's uh, we're opening the space to, to men. And I, I know there's there's a lot of women who watch the content and they want to be a part of it too. And I'm not saying that they cannot come, but I, I, we do, we thank them for giving us the respect and the space mm-hmm. to, to kind of be men and share our stories. And, you know, there's no telling what it's going to look like in the future, the live events and how we can intermingle it and things like that. But I think right now the, our main focus was let's provide this space for men and help them connect and build this community. Well, and I think that's, again, it's a great thing that you're doing mm-hmm. um, to open that space up because when I had first heard about it, and I was like, that's different because I've yeah. never heard of anything like that. I mean, I hear of a lot of men speakers and men doing like, but the fact that you open, that you've created that community like that and to even have a private Facebook group, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And for the men listening, uh, if I could plug it. <laughs> it's, totally. Uh, yeah. The Modern Man on, on Facebook and you and you could request to join the group and there's two questions of what it means to be a modern man uh, to you and you know what are some men that you look up to as role models. I think really the main goal I want out of this is to 
usher in a new wave of male role models for young boys to follow because, um, you know, it's easier to raise men than to change grown mm-hmm. men. Absolutely. So that's, that's going to be the goal. So who are your male role models? Oh, man, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, Terry Crews is one. Terry Crews, I think he's done a, a wonderful job. Um, Will Smith. And um, number three, and the male role model I, I look up to the most is my dad. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm very blessed and lucky to be able to see that. And and when I say my dad, really it's my mom and dad. I think just being lucky enough, because I know not everybody has the privilege to grow up in a two-parent household, mm-hmm. but seeing the the chemistry between the two and how they operated and how they handled it. Like it was, it was a well-oiled machine. If my mom was working late, my dad cooked dinner. My mom came in cooked, like they handled it together as a unit. And there were times my mom had the team on her back. My dad had the team on her back. And seeing that was, was something I really admired. And I thank both of my parents for. That's awesome. Yeah, that is rare. Yeah. That is rare these days. And to see them tag team it like that, I bet they have some amazing stories. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> they have a, they have some great stories that they probably still haven't told. Both of my parents are from Haiti. So oh, really? they came to this country so their kids would have a better life. So to even nice. uh, hear that w- was amazing. So, um, you know, I owe everything that I have today to both of them. That See, I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not know that. So were you born? In New York? Yeah, I was okay. born in New York. And um, both my parents, interestingly enough, when my mom and my dad met, my dad actually lived in Chicago. And he packed up his life and drove to New York to be with my mom. So um, that was another thing where, like, you know, you talk about a man who, you know, when you decide mm-hmm. on on who your woman's going to be, when you decide on what you're going to do in life, you know, you're you're a man of your word. You stick to it and you and you go forth, you push through the hard times. Um, and at the end of the day, when I go back to responsibility, uh, a lot of what I do and I haven't dove into so much of the topic with modern man yet, but like, you know, being some, being a man is, is there's a lot of strength in being a man and there's a lot of strength in being a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the, sh- the strengths are equal, but different. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to kind of put into light some of the strengths that men have. Because I, I do, I have so much respect, love, and admiration for our strong women out there. But I do think, uh, you know, there's a lot of men that deserve some praise too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obviously, I'm not a man, but, but experiencing, <laughs> being a single parent the last seven years, experiencing some of the responsibilities that you have as men, mm-hmm. such as, you know, the, the financing side of it, the learning the tax laws and mm-hmm. the budgets and all that. <laughs> I'm like, women are not wired for this. I mean, sure. I have so much more respect for men than, and I always had respect, you know, for my husband at the time, but it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely different. Yeah. It's definitely different. And I think gender roles it's, are new now, right? And I always say this um, for any man that's listening to just try and sum up my theology on the whole thing. A man does what's best for his household, period. And it doesn't mean he's the breadwinner. It might mean that the wife is the breadwinner and the man holds down the home. Mm -hmm. But whatever the man does and makes the decisions that he makes in his life, I think the man makes decisions that are best for his household, period. And that is what I kind of stand behind. And I think, again, going back to responsibility and how can I make – um, for me and Jess, how can I make this union better? How can I make our household better? And sometimes 
of the quarterback has to hand the ball off, mm-hmm. not throw it or run it for a touchdown themselves. You have to let the team shine to operate well. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. Yeah. I like. Did you play football? I did. Okay. That's probably, yeah. <laughs> Mine played naturally. football too. So the, the football analogies, that's a, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, man, that's really good. So mm-hmm. the modern man, it's, um, yeah, I've wondered, I've watched some of the content and it is very good, but it also helps give me a perspective as a woman to, to know that perception of man, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So that way I can understand like Michael better, understand my boys better, mm-hmm. um, to understand my father better type yeah. thing. It, it really helps give me perspective of like what you guys have challenges with. Yeah. So thank and that's, you. That's why I love that it lives online because anybody can watch it. Mm-hmm. Anybody's invited to watch it. And of course, um, with our live events, we'll see how that looks like in the future, but the live events get broadcasted so anybody can watch it. Nice. And it's, it's something that I think, um, to your point, the reason I do the modern man is, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. So I can't do the modern woman. Right, right. And I don't want to speak to what I don't know. And I'm I'm not even saying I know how to be a man. I just, I'm on this journey and I'd like anybody who wants to, to, to come on the journey with me and help teach me some things along the way. Well, and I feel like it's, it's, when I look back, I think, okay, there was purpose in everything that we dealt with mm-hmm. because now you can truly relate to people so much better. Because you know what it's like to be there. You know what it's like to be, you know, in the dark, Mm -hmm. to have the rain. You know what it's like to have the rainbow. You know what it's like to move and relocate. You know what it's like, you know, in all these different positions. Yeah. So that's where I think sometimes everything that we've had to go through, Mm -hmm. it makes sense of it all. Yeah. All the dots connect in hindsight. Mm -hmm. We just got to go through the dots first. I know, but the dots aren't fun. (laughs) They're not. They're (laughs) not. (laughs) Sometimes. Um, so, okay, what does it mean to be Teddy Ready? Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, something I've heard you say. You want to be Teddy Ready all the time. Yeah, always Teddy Ready. Um, I mean, ready for whatever life throws at you. Uh, life's going to challenge you, and it's not going to wait till you're ready. It's just going to come. And um, it, when it happens, there's no changing what happens. There's no going back and taking it back. There's just what are you going to do now, and how are you going to handle it? And just be ready to handle it. Mm-hmm. And I think being Teddy Ready for me is just about um, pushing forward and assessing the situation as it is and how can we learn from it, grow from it and, and uh, prevent it from happening again. Yeah. And that's a great attitude to have. Mm-hmm. Totally great attitude to have um, believing that everything has a purpose and seeing the positive in everything. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything that you want to share before we start to close it out? Um, I've learned so much about you. <laughs> Didn't know you were from Haiti. Yeah, all the good stuff. Well, Bridget, first, story- thank you, thank you for having me. This is this has been fun. Um, only thing I would want to share is uh, genuinely what I what I'm learning is anybody listening, anybody watching. I love you guys. I love you, and it's it's genuine from the bottom of my heart. In terms of listen, we're all running through this thing called life together, trying to figure it out. And I don't know the answers and anybody listening or watching, regardless of what you think, with all due respect, you don't know the answers, but you know, let's, let's be a team. Let's figure this out together and um, leave the world a better place than, than what we've came in with. Yeah. You are definitely, and again, I say it over and over. I mean, you're one of the biggest givers. I know and that's <laughs> why you say yes, but I mean, you are such a giver in your heart shows and I have so much respect for you of how you just channel that into our local community and even channeling it out into social media. So um, I know we we covered a lot of 
the podcast, The Modern Man. But just in summary, how can we connect with you on Instagram? What's your Instagram sure. handle? Um, Instagram is at Fate and Forecast. So that's P-H-A-E-T-O-N, the number four, K-A-S-T. And then I'll also have him tagged on my post as well. But you got to watch his stories. You got to follow and watch his stories because you can see him putting his tie on every morning. Yeah. Tie this one this morning. With the music. <laughs> it, that's kind of like your brand. Yeah, I have you fun know? doing that. And um, it's it's always fun. I never know what song I'm going to play until uh, I walk and I start shuffling through my, through my playlist. Isn't it interesting how people can find that so oddly entertaining? Yeah. I, honestly, I, I don't know what it is. I'm like, I think I, it's just... I missed a day and then somebody like matched me like, what happened to your tie video? And I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I didn't know it would be missed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, there's just, you know, I guess because it's so you. I mean, it's yeah. it's the black and white. It's the tie. It's the music. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this. it's the backstage yeah. of it. But, um, okay, so Instagram, your Facebook um, is just your name. You have your public page. Yeah, Ted Faton is the Facebook. And um, I have a website which is same as my Instagram handle, fateandforecast.com. And that's where a lot of my stuff online lives. That links to my Instagram, that links to my podcast and all that. Um, I actually have a blog post that I did a while, which has actually been doing pretty well. Uh, I kind of just, you know, I sat down and put all this stuff into it. I've been reading a lot of books lately. So kind of in mm-hmm. in conjunction with No Rain, No Rainbows, The Modern Man, I did a post about 19 books every man should read to grow in 2019. I'm probably going to revise and add to the list for 2020, but uh, that's that's a book. Uh, that's a a blog of all the books I've read that that have helped me, mm-hmm. and I hope it can help somebody too. Yeah, and then so you have the website. Let's see, Facebook, Instagram. I think we covered it all. Yeah, I'm on Twitter too, but I, I'll I'll admit I'm not as active as I should be. Twitter is more of an information source for me. I'm not as uh, sharing as I am on Twitter as I am on other platforms. So people still use Twitter. Yeah, uh, I think every single social media platform has its purpose. And Twitter, I think, is still uh, the information highway. As things are happening, people talk about it on Twitter. People share it on Twitter. So it's like real time. Yeah, real time. So if you're looking to catch up with family and friends, it's probably more Instagram and Facebook. But Mm -hmm. if you want to know what's happening now, if you want to live tweet the game or you're watching a show, you're watching The Bachelorette, you can type in The Bachelorette hashtag while you're watching it and you'll see some funny reactions. It's very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I haven't even used Twitter and I don't know how long. I don't know if people still used it, but yeah, again, <laughs> real time. Um, okay, well, thank you again, Ted, for Appreciate being on. Um, we'll have this recording out. And again, thank you, Old Europe Pastries, for sponsoring today's show. And we look forward to connecting with you very soon. Absolutely.